0: So I'm here, and you're here. Isn't that our time? Somebody just remember, what, what was that? That was, uh, I think that was Fast Times at Ridgemont High and, and Sean Penn's infamous role of Spicoli. But hey, welcome in. Uh, welcome into our studios here. Uh, I am Eric Winaldo. This is For the Win. And uh, today's an interesting day. Uh, a lot going on. A lot going on. Uh, we've we've kind of spun out of the, the international window. And then we, we move right back into to action, kind of all over the place. There's Italy to talk about, which is getting interesting because it's a one-point race now. It's no longer uh, the same stuff. All of our Americans kind of filtered back into their clubs. Some of them played. Some of them didn't. We had Gio come back, which was phenomenal. Great situation to come into. Hey, we're down one to four. Let's uh, throw you out there. At home, too. That, uh, that wasn't great. All kinds of movement. Uh, on the MLS front, as far as new signings, and I got some opinions there, especially Shakiri. And and there's, you know, Douglas Costas is on his way to LA. Uh, Cordova, um, I guess that's the the peppy swap. Uh, Cordova, who was unsuccessful at Augsburg, is going to try his luck with uh, with RSL. So y- y- you got to give it up for RSL. RSL is doing some stuff over there. It looks like it's, uh, it's going to get different in a hurry. Manchester United gets bounced out of the FA Cup. And then, they, and then ESPN, and I, I, I got to be careful sometimes on Twitter because everybody thought I got catfished the other day because somebody said, oh, Christian Pulisic will be hurting this out there. And, and, I, and I was like, I knew it. I predicted this, but I did actually predict that there was going to be, I, I called it shenanigans with people that are not verified accounts, just putting out the wrong information just to get the Twitterverse to freak out. And everybody's like, yeah, sure, Eric. Yeah, okay, whatever, man. No, it's okay. It's okay. If you want to think I'm dumb, you can think I'm dumb. There's a lot of reasons to think I'm dumb. My, my kids would, would, would really have something to say about this morning, uh, whether their dad is all there or not, because um, we got some stuff going on at home, somewhat COVID-related. Not us, everybody else. School got canceled today, and it really throw, threw my wife and I on. Anyway, not going to go on a tangent on that, but Manchester United gets bounced and ESPN came out with this 151 years and Manchester United has never won in a shootout in the FA Cup. And, you know, all these, you know, fact checkers are like, wait, really? And it's apparently it's true. And Ronaldo's had his part in a couple of those. He's missed a few times. Bruno Fernandes should have finished that game. That was quite a miss. If you saw the game. But anyway, everyone's kind of gone, gone back to their teams uh, and resumed play, and things are starting to feel a little bit back to normal. Lesser it's just, just getting knocked out uh, by Forrest. And then how about this one? Borum Wood knocks out Bournemouth to, to progress on to the fifth, fifth round of the FA Cup. I know that uh, Jimmy... Uh, my, my, boy, Jimmy Conrad thinks that today we should be celebrating his goal 15 years ago against Mexico, which if you go back and watch it on Twitter, so go, it doesn't matter. Just go back and find it. But on February 7th, 15 years ago, uh, Jimmy Conrad scored a goal. Uh, and it's like Jimmy, Jimmy ate world, whatever eats world. What's the name of that band? I don't know. I think that what's their songs. Everything's going to be all right. That's perfect for Jimmy. but. He scored a goal, so it's, it's, it should be today. Jimmy Conrad scored a goal day on February 7th. But if you go ahead and listen to it, I predict that he's going to score five seconds before the ball hits the back of the net. So I'm stealing his thunder, on, unfortunately, uh, on his Twitter account because everybody's like, that was a great call by Winalda. He's like, hey, what about me? I did that the other night, too, um, predicting a penalty kick. For Mexico uh, against Panama in the qualifiers, I do that every once in a while. One of the things that that Fox and ESPN would constantly tell me is, don't make predictions in, in a in a in a live game. Don't you never speculate on an injury because you're not a doctor, but don't ever speculate on a goal or who's going to score. But I had done it so many times, I I I really did. I mean, because I I don't really feel like that's such such a special thing. But I mean, there was a game like Houston, for example, and Mark. You know, I I think it was, um, um, Brian Ching was just wide open and I'm like, if Brad Davis can figure this out, it's a goal for Ching. And my, you know, my, my, my play by play guy looks at me after the play, like, how did you know that? And I was like, he was wide open. I don't know what the big deal is. Anyway, uh, the last thing I, I think, um, might be interesting to talk about is Barcelona. So the. Everyone's speculating that there's a feud going on between, between Xavi Hernandez and uh, Simeone because there was some back and forth. Um, but Barcelona gets the 4-2 against Atleti and, and move into fourth place. All right? So when Xavi started, they were in ninth place. Completely out of this thing. And uh, wanna, you know we're paying attention maybe more than most because we got the American over there. Uh, it's in, um, so Dest is playing there. But they made some moves, right? So they get Fernan Torres. Uh, they bring in Traore. And then they uh, get Danny Alves, 38 years old. Now, if you saw the game, I mean, Jordi Alves scores a, a phenomenal goal. I mean, He doesn't hit it cleanly, but it goes in the top corner. That, that's, that's called a who cares. But how about the inclusion of these guys already? Traore and Fernand Torres both get assists. Younger was the only one that didn't do anything, but he got on the field. And Danny Elvis at the age of 38 scores. Then he got an assist, and then he got a red card. Now, here's here's me being the, the cynic, okay? When you're 38 years old and you do something great, you know it's gonna take about a week, maybe a week and a half, to really fully recover from what you just did. So why not enjoy it? You know, fill your socks, get stuck in on a tackle, take the red card. And have a nice next weekend with your wife. I mean, that's, you know. Man, I'll tell you, Sir Alex Ferguson used to do it all the time with Paul Scholes. He knew he was going to get a red card if he went to Newcastle, so just send him to Dubai. Smart move. But Barcelona, back in a spot that's got everybody in a tizzy now. Athletic doesn't look the same. They don't. They don't. They They had a good core of guys. And I'm starting to wonder if Diego Simeone is one of those coaches that he starts to just wear on you. He's got to get some new guys in there, some hungry guys. And I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but that guy's way overpaid. Way, way overpaid. Mm. The last bid, I guess Augsburg got their act together. They beat Union Berlin, which is not an easy game. I think Gregorich got the player of the game to a certain extent. Pepe didn't get any time. That's That's rough now. That's rough. $20 million signing, and the other guys are figuring it out. Maybe they're motivated by the fact that you're even there. Uh, and they looked pretty good. Uh, I mentioned Gio Reyna. It's the first time back on the field after five months. And here's the thing. I have never heard a confirmation exactly as to what the injury was. There was speculation. There was, you know, muscle, faseris. You know, uh, that's what you say in German. But, uh, my, it must have been pretty bad. But he's back on the field uh, and, you know, I worry about, as much as I worry about Pepe, I worry about everybody ever say, hey, Gio's back. Dude, give him some time. All right? The worst part about this is if he starts, just starts to really find his feet again. You now, some of the comments coming out of, uh, you know, their brass as far as the sporting director essentially saying, you know, he's really worried about the injury. We've had a lot of conversations about this. This usually isn't something you hear about in the media, but it was said. Which means, stop worrying about it go play and he's still worrying about it he can't get it out it's it's it just can't get it out of his head you know and what that equates to is being hesitant out there to not go in on tackles to be afraid to get hurt and you never play the same I went through that I went I went, I went through that as a player I, I think it's I think there's something uh, to chew on there that's tough as uh we've heard that Dortmund um, is trying to make some moves I think they're they're starting to Figure out that back line. Nicolas Sule it looks like he's coming from Bayern Munich. Um, the idea being to join at the end of the year, but it's it's not really a a two horse race. It's really a one horse race. Leverkusen, you know, kicked the crap out of Dortmund this weekend, um, and which is which is is signifying that they're a good team. Uh, but you know, Bayern continues to pull away. To pull away, they got the win against uh, Leipzig, and. Um, yeah, they just they just look the part. They 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 really, really do. And that's that's no surprise. Like, oh hey, shocker, Eric. The Byron figured it out. But uh I guess the last piece of uh guys going home was McKinney. McKinney going back to Juventus. Uh they got the win um over Verona, I believe. And then enter Milan. They 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 lose out on the, the, the big uh a big matchup against AC. Milan. So enter AC is always a beautiful game to see. Um, And Giroud, Giroud's got to be the most like underrated player on the planet. He really is. He's just, yeah, I don't know. You know, his time at Chelsea, it was, it was always like, why is he still out there? And then, oh, he scored again. His time at Arsenal, oh God, get rid of this guy. He just scored three. What are you mad about? He bags two and they get the win. So I loved McKinney's. Um, welcome, welcoming to the, the the two new signees. That just shows he's a great teammate. You gotta have guys like that in your team. You really, really do. All right, so MLS uh, is my next topic, and this might take a while. And I, I, I do, um, I do want to get into some of the players that have been signed, uh, in, very recently in Major League Soccer. And then, and then, of course, there's the the MLS haters who are, are going into this. It's a retirement league, retirement league. And then they're, they're they're you know taking some shots at Shakiri and Douglas Costa, two very good players, uh, respectively. Going to L.A. That's Costa, and Shakiri is on his way to Chicago, which I actually think is a good fit. But uh, before I go there, because I do want to, I'm going to spend a good ten minutes on that. I do need to clean this up. Uh, so my last podcast, there's a lot of people that thought, I, and I may have misspoke. Okay, I and I and I want to clear it up. And what what I think the way it was received is that you guys thought I said that Austin's going to get a World Cup game. No, that's not what I said. If I implied that, I apologize. If I could hit the rewind button and start over. What I was implying was, and Columbus isn't going to get one either, so let's, let's be clear about that. Yes, it's in close proximity to Canada, but that there was politics that were attached to those two clubs through the transition of new ownership. Which meant that the reward was the qualifiers, not the World Cup. I think at some point in there, I may have not finished my sentence, which I have a tendency to do. In World Cup qualifier and World Cup. So um, when you when you and and when talking about you know bidding committees and all that stuff, there are there are there's there's a lot of stuff that goes on there, and there is a reward that does exist at a relationship between Major League Soccer and uh, the United States Soccer Federation, and it's okay, all right? This isn't, this, isn't, this isn't me saying, oh my God, the whole thing's corrupt. No, it's not. It's not. See, when you put a contract together, right? And and you for a player, every once in a while in that contract, it'll say, hey, we'll pay you a little bit of money if you score 10 goals, or we'll pay you per goal, or whatever. We'll promise you something, or we're going to give you housing. You know, some of these other deals. When they, when they put them together, they say, hey, is there any chance that we could get a World Cup qualifier on that? If we do X, Y, and Z, yeah, yeah, well, let's put that in there. And then they do because they can. So just relax, relax. Minnesota got a World Cup qualifier. They're not getting the World Cup. They are in close proximity to Canada. When you talk about venues and cities that will be involved in the World Cup, I would not be surprised at all if Minnesota. So why not re- develop that relationship now, whereas a small stadium like that is one hell of a place to practice to charge money, to watch Brazil or Argentina practice. You got it. People will show up for that. So just, just understand that, that every once in a while when I get going, and I'm speaking quickly, I don't finish my sentence. So I apologize for anybody that was confused that actually thought I was stupid enough to think that Austin's getting a World Cup game. No, it's not what I said. All right, let me get into uh, some of these signings. Now, I want to talk about Shakiri first because I had mentioned on my Twitter account that I have worked, uh, or basically throughout the entire pandemic, since I left my post at Las Vegas, I have been working as a consultant. I'm a part of an advisory team, um, that works closely with ownership groups that looks at teams that are, that are, I guess, vulnerable right now. There's a lot of teams that took a bad, bad hit when the pandemic hit. And they literally said, they walked outside and put the for sale sign on the front lawn and said, please buy me. I'm done. I've I've spoken to so many owners um, over the course and sat in those rooms and, and and saw the just the look on their face of, I am bleeding. Please buy my club. This isn't what I signed up for. And there were there was multiple, multiple teams that we looked at last year. My job is to file a report. Uh, and to assess uh, everything from the coaching to the you know, to the technical director to their academy system to their feeder systems to their administration to their stadium to their facilities, and the finances are really not my area. I don't. I, I I build budgets for players. I'd see if guys are overvalued or undervalued, and I you know put that all in a spreadsheet and and figure it out for for you know potential ownership groups. We actually last year um, was looking at it. My wife reminded me of this because it was right in the middle of uh, Valentine's Valentine's Day, which is right around the corner. Where my group, um, believe it or not, we were in eight different countries in six days. I know that sounds crazy, but we started in um, in Holland, migrated through um, Germany, made our way through uh, Holland uh, again, Belgium, uh, Luxembourg. France, Switzerland, Italy, back to France. So, very briefly, in Liechtenstein. Ever been to Liechtenstein? Oh, what a what a place! That's like Disneyland. That, I mean, what a what a deal that is. Anyway, going through all of those, there was on multiple occasions that I would I would some of these these poor clubs who are, are who are really floundering and they can't afford their players and they they're, they're trying to live up to contracts. They don't have any fans. They have. No real revenue source there. They got empty stands playing games. That's a hard hit for some of these teams that are really trying to balance the books. And uh, we we, were, we paid witness to all of that. But in that process, on a couple of occasions, I was contacted by people in, in Major League Soccer asking just, you know, silly questions. Like these are like bar, you know, questions. Like you're sitting at the bar, hey, all right. Well, if you were the GM. Of so and so club, who would you sign? Who would you go after? And I think it's really interesting that my answer for six markets last year was Shakiri. I kept telling him I would, I'd go after that guy. He isn't even thirty yet. back then. He was he's not thirty years old yet, still playing for his country. He doesn't fall into that category of someone who you would say that's a retirement league. That's why he's coming here. No. It really doesn't. And and here's why. One, one, he's not getting enough to, He Ned wasn't getting enough time at Liverpool. It was still a because who is gonna? Who's gonna be a you, you gotta wait for like three guys to get hurt before you get a game. And then they'll be, oh, we can't last ninety minutes. Well, that's because he hasn't played in two months. By the time he's ready to play ninety minutes, it's like, well, yeah, Salomone and and Firmino, they're all back. So and we got this new guy, so I don't think you're gonna get any time. So he started looking for another place, ended up in France, and now he's coming to the United States. Now, immediately, the haters will will start saying, well, now he's retirement, blah, 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 but he can't, it's just going to hurt his chances of playing in a World Cup. Under the circumstances, guys, this is actually a pretty good move. In the sense that the World Cup is a completely different animal this year, because it's this year. It's not in June. It's at the end of the year, and it's in a faraway place. And it's it's a great way for Shakiri to actually stay fit. He'll have the summer window. He'll get a couple of games with his his country to prepare. And if he's in form, they're going to bring him back because they know him. Is he the sexiest name out there? Probably not. why, Why would... You know Douglas Costa is it's got everybody looking up at you know his his background in Wikipedia. Nobody remembers where this guy's been. They're just like, who is this guy? Brazilian? He's not Neymar, so who is he? I mean, there's a lot of people out there like that. And then you do a little research, when this guy hit the the Bundesliga, and we were all sitting on the edge of our seat. This guy was amazing, and. I don't know what this has to do. If this has anything to do it, I really, I am speaking at a turn right now because I'm guessing. But the guy sitting next to me doing the television when Douglas Costa went into his Bayern experience was Jovan Karoski, who happens to be the guy that makes decisions like this for the LA Galaxy. I don't know. Maybe he said, what's he doing? Same way I said, what's Shakiri doing? Is Douglas Costa going to be a part of this Brazilian team? Who knows? God, it's so hard to pick a team when you're in Brazil. Well, who cares? He's going to LA and, and he's going to love it. He's going to love it. Douglas Costa is a great fit for the Galaxy. Now, a lot of people say, why isn't he a good fit for Chicago? He just had Chicago. It, it was just happened to be Munich. You get at that stage in your career and you start looking at, at, at areas where, uh, I mean, look at Gerard, look at, look at, you know, look, look, look at the way he treated this thing. He tried to buy a house in Malibu and realized he doesn't know what to do if it's not raining. But I like the Shakiri deal. And the reason why I like Shakiri is because the Chicago Fire needs someone like that. In the past, the Chicago, and, and, and I know they went through their whole Andrew Houtman experiment. I was actually a part of that. Frank Klopas is a smart guy. Uh, Ezra Hendrickson's their new manager. He's built a pretty damn good staff around him, I think. But in a situation like this, anybody that's been paying attention in Major major League Soccer realizes that one, you need a 10. You got to protect that guy. doesn't have to be five foot two, like some of these guys. doesn't have to be from Argentina. Under the circumstances, it's a pretty good deal if he comes from Europe. Chicago has that feel to it. I mean, the, the one thing I would say about the best Chicago's ever been, it's an argument. It's either it's Guantimo Blanco or it's Peter Novak. The only dif- difference between the two is that Peter Novak won it all. I think it's, 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 it's almost like Peter Novak. You want to call him Petro Novak. It's like 2.0. Because Shakiri has the ability to galvanize that entire team. He's got a wonderful left foot. It's a freaking wand. That's a good fit. So I'm actually proud of myself for throwing him on the list. I actually thought, honest to God, if I'm being truly honest, before this whole... uh Uh, Insignia thing, it happened, uh, Insignia goes there, but I thought Shakiri would have been a better fit. A little bit cheaper. Well, everybody's cheaper. (laughs) But he's already wearing red, speaks French. I don't know. Sounds like a good fit to me. You have to think about these things. Uh, The other one that uh, I've noticed is this new signing. RSL's made some moves. So they they now have Meza and uh, uh, Cordova. So that looks pretty good. Now, can can Mastorani handle that? I don't know. I don't know. Is he going to put the bow tie back on and grow that weird mustache? And just, you know, he looks like, uh, it's like a video game. But that that sounds interesting to me. Mastorani's got a, an interesting um, background. Coming from Monterey, I think it was originally, I checked this, I apologize. It might have been River Plate or Independiente, either one. Uh, you know what? I'll check it. Bef- I'm on my computer. I'll check it. Damn it! I don't want to get it wrong. But uh, this is a guy that that I, I I'm gonna guess before I look, and I'm gonna say he scored maybe twelve goals, twelve goals total, um, in his time at Monterey. He's, he's mainly a winger, so I mean that that's um that is uh possibility let me check it I'm gonna make sure I'm getting this right I I think he's a good player uh I I, I do know uh, a lot about you know what he is what he has been able to accomplish over there he said he stays out of trouble he's not a bad guy he's had a tendency to you know get a little bit off the handle um he's he's never had a full season uh, I'll say this but in in um in Mexico oh there you go was close. Oh, my God. I nailed it. So in those 40, excuse me, 58 games, he scored 12 times. Oh, my God. I swear I wasn't cheating there. I can't be right. I can't be spot on. Let me look up his uh, Wikipedia. Like, that's a trusty deal. Now, here's, here's my point, though. Um, what's going on right now with... Oh, another Maximiliano. I Love it. Which means he's got a, you know, so he's Argentine, which maybe he's got, uh, but he's 29. 29 years old. And then they've bought him for I think six points something. That's the only part that pisses me It was Independiente. Oh my God. No, so I was wrong. 15 goals at Monterey in 106 games, which isn't bad. You know, he's played for the national team. It's like he's been out there with, with some of the best. Players. And he, I, you know, I think that these are all things that uh, that you have to consider, but not a bad signing at all. not, not at all and it, By any stretch of the imagination. But you have you have um, uh, Cordova coming back from from Augsburg to RSL, which is pretty easy uh, for the ownership group to, to do because they own both clubs. They can just move somebody over. But to make a move like this actually is a statement. Now, if some of the people that I I had spoken to said that uh, Houston was was really high on Cordova, but they couldn't get him, and that's easy to figure out—it's close proximity to Monterey. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that they're paying attention to what's going on in Mexico and they want to get somebody uh, who fills that void, if you will, high profile. They tried the Honduran thing—that that wasn't. Uh, Houston, I mean, that wasn't fantastic, but the Houston Dynamo are a team that really is looking for a bounce back. Paulo Nogamura is, is in charge. I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not going to sound like the bitter guy and say, well, what the hell has he done to deserve that? But, uh, what the hell has he done to deserve that? (laughs) I mean, Tab Ramos made a lot more sense. Um, and he just had a horrible year, but to see uh them not really uh dive into the market and start um trying to find big name players uh is probably something that uh, is in their uh wheelhouse now. Um, I think the only the only thing that I've seen on if you pull up their thing right now is Brooklyn Reigns has signed. So that's uh that's just a homegrown player. So that's but if I if I'm being honest, I think if you look at Paulo Nagamura, who was in charge of uh, the team in in Kansas City, and when I've spoken to those guys, so I I, I know that that's a tough job. It's very similar to LAFC, um, in the sense that that you're you're getting borrowed players all the time. You know, it's it's it, you never really know. You you, you find out last second. Who, who essentially you're going to um, be playing with on the weekend? That's hard to build. That's really hard to have a plan. But this is just what's interesting to me. We, we, there were two vacancies Houston and um, LAFC. And those vacancies were filled by a guy who was in charge of a team that played 34 times and won six, lost 20, and had a negative 34 goal difference. Again, just. Let's try that again. 34 games, right? He won 6 times. And and they won their last game of the year too. But no one gave a crap. And he is now in charge. So that's 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 crazy to me. That's I'm I'm talking about a couple of years ago. This is this doesn't get better. I'm talking about 2019 in a real season. That, that's. Let, let's look at last year now. That, that in last year's deal, you, you, it doesn't get any better. It's just, it's, it's, it's frightening. Anyway, I'm, I'm not going to, I, I digress. Because the other problem here is you look at the Las Vegas Lights, which are not the Las Vegas Lights, they're the LAFC 2, which is the, the club that I used to manage. That's a similar story. It's, it's, it's not good, but it, it, it starts, it makes you think, all right, what do you got to do to get a job in this league? And I don't know if I know the answer to that, guys. I really don't. I don't because, uh, failing seems to be, uh, the way to go. I mean, I mean, I picked on luchi Gonzalez last week because, you know, he, he, he certainly didn't have a good time in, uh. In his time with uh, FC Dallas, immediately rewarded to, to be our national team U uh, twenty coach. I I I don't know. I just I I don't get it. I I'm 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 more of the mind that I'm thinking that you build a real you know a winning culture and you prove that you can win like the Jose Mourinho story. You go and you win the whole damn thing with Porto with one fifth, one sixth, one tenth of the money that some of these other clubs are spending. And that's, that's impressive. Right? And then you go to Chelsea, and then you win it all. I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's weird that Steve Sharondolo goes to LAFC after having a, a, the worst season in US, USL history. And now he's expected to figure it out um, in Major League Soccer. And it'll be, I honestly, I, I'm paying attention to LAFC this year and that, that group's somewhat of a disgruntled group. Uh, some of the guys that have left, the guys that are still there, it'll be very, I'm very curious to see how that team looks without Bob Bradley. And it's, it's weird. Like it's almost like a president, like the, the former administration just kind of leaves you in a, in a shit box. I'm not saying that Bob did that, but once Bob left. If you look at every team that it, Bob has ever left it, it, there there really wasn't a bounce for a while. It was difficult um mainly because he has a way of doing things and the transition into a new way of doing things is going to take time now I really got to go back i got I gotta look at the u s l championship uh because i'm I'm going over stats that are from a while ago because that's the that's the the way that I look at things I look at a at the full body of work and i want to make sure I don't misspeak, but, you know, to to have the kind of season that sporting had, right, and for two seasons ago, and then to come straight into the next season, well, the pandemic didn't help. It it certainly didn't help. But let me try and figure this out. No, I, I, I did misspeak. Sporting Kansas City only won four games last year out of 32 with a negative 31. And if you look at that, I've said this before, and you look at his his or their record in the last five games, it's just five L's in a row, big red numbers. That's just crazy to me. Las Vegas had one win in their last five. What the hell did they beat? Six wins out of 34, 23 losses and three ties with a negative 36 goals against average. What that means is whoever's the coach of Loudoun United FC who won four times out of 32 with a negative 47 goals against is looking for a promotion. Man, I don't get it. I don't get it. Crazy. That that to me, that's crazy to win ten games out of sixty four. I mean, regardless of 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 what what players they were shooting at you, at some point you got to figure it out. I, I, I mean, I've had these these complaints with some coaches because it, it's all it's like I'm going to play a four four two or a four three three, and I'm married to that's what I'm going to do. It's like saying I'm a gladiator that's going to go out into an arena. And I'm only allowed to kill you with my sword. What happens if I drop my sword? Where's your plan B? I don't think these guys have a plan B. I think they lose a lot because they're trying to implement a system and everybody's already had tomorrow's breakfast. You can't wait for them to be on your schedule. Oh, they're going to just throw this team together and they're going to, they're going to try to play the exact same way, guys. Can you believe it? Here they come. So here's what we got to do. and Here's how you beat them. Well, here's how everybody else beat them. Let's just do what they did. Ta-da! Okay, so hire Paulo Nagamura to be the, your head coach after winning ten games in his last two years, three years. Let's look at the other guys that are failing really bad because they they should probably get a promotion. Who's coach is Olavi still the coach at the? See that's weird because Olavi kind of figured it out and he won the whole thing because they got they were in form at the end and then he only won five games last year. I don't even know if he's still over there. I know that they had a, a lot of turnover. Andy Williams left. Tyrone Marshall left. I got to see Andy Williams the other day. Love that guy. Coached against him actually out in Arizona. Good guy. Good coach. But that's you know, look, the MLS is is especially under those circumstances. Maybe this is one of the cases where, if you're coming from Pat onstat's vantage point. And I haven't even gotten to San Jose yet. I had some, some people up there watching their training sessions. And that team's all over the place. And Almeida is still slinging the same BS you know, that, that he was two years ago. And, and somebody correct me on this. I don't remember if San Jose has made the playoffs in the last four years. But it's just odd, right? If you, you go four years where you fail, I mean, that, that is the definition of failure. Dead last with a negative 40 goals against? God, I got to talk to those guys. I want to know how they present themselves in those, in those, uh, in those, because uh, I remember Pat Onstad said that Paulo Nagamura was incredible in his presentation. What did he do? Did he walk in with like a watch and go look into my eyes and repeat after me? I mean, what? what? How is that? I'm not trying to be a jerk here. I mean, I, I think Nagamura was a great guy. He was a good player. He did a lot of great things in the league. But he certainly isn't a good coach. I don't care what you say. I saw something on Twitter too. I saw Twitter basically coming out and saying, you know, this is a new team and this is a new feeling. And Nagamura is going to lead us to the promised land. I'm like, okay, well, be careful what you wish for there. I don't know. I think, I think promised land have two different meanings. Orange County was was you know in in the USL for that matter. I mean, they're the only one that they can can say you know last year we won our last five games, and they end up winning the whole thing. You find you find your form at the right time. It's it's just a just the way we do things, whether it's the NFL or it's it's Major League Soccer or USL. It's it's always just be in form and be healthy by the time you hit the playoffs. When you got a chance to win something, you got to be in form at the right time. There's a guy taking a picture of me outside. I got to pose for this guy. There you go. You got it? Good. All right. Love well, that guy. Anybody that stops to take a picture, I, I'm, I'm going to be nice. Which means I can't play for the US national team right now. Apparently, we just walk right past people. That's uh, totally and completely accepted. Boy, I'm in a mood today. You know, and, and here's why before I let you go um, school got called off today. So my wife and I are reeling. She is an attorney and she has to do a lot of, she's supposed to go into the office. Two weeks ago, we had COVID, so we were responsible parents and we had to endure an entire week where she had to work uh, with the kids at home. Tested them every day. Nobody ever tested uh, positive, not once. Uh, I had to stay away from my coaching and then this weekend I got to coach, which was great. It's freezing. Uh, My team happily won 12 to one, by the way. I'm sure I'll get an email about that for humiliating my opponent, but you know what? My only advice to you, losing team, get better. Man, I, I tried everything to stop scoring. and My guys wouldn't stop. But anyway, I, rough week, right? My wife and I were so happy. We got so much stuff on our plate right now. We got a leak in our pool that we got to fix. And these people are like, Ah, oh, we can see you sometime in between the 24th and 20. I'm like, come on, I got a leak in my pool. I Can somebody come over? So we got that going on. We have to get a new car. Uh, I can't get into the specifics, but I in, in one of the houses that we own, we're going to rent it out, but we're not even going to rent it out. We're, we're, we're actually providing a home for seven players who are coming from across the country uh, to live in my house. Sorry, guys, it's not going to have a pool. I apologize. We could use it for an ice bath. That might be a good idea. These kids are coming from, I've done some recruiting and I'm going to help some guys find their pathway. So that's what I'm up to, that which, which is always one of those things that my wife kind of goes, what are we doing? What are you doing? We have enough going on? But anyway, I have to figure out what car I'm going to drive. So hit me on Twitter and tell me what car I should get. Keep in mind, I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. I'm not getting a Tesla, okay? It's not happening. I've already come to that conclusion. You know, I actually was looking at cars, and I'm not afraid of a minivan right now because I have two, I have a hurricane, and I got a tornado on my back seats. And digging the stuff out of that that leather uh, seat uh, in the Yukon is just, it's quite a deal. I don't want to do that. So help me out. Have you had a good experience with a car? I'm not. I'm not some. You know. I, look, I'm smart enough to know that you don't buy an expensive car, and then have your children destroy it because that's what my kids do. They destroy things. I'm going to wait until I'm in my 60s before I really go for it and start upgrading things because my stuff is falling apart. Anyway, hit me on Twitter. Let me know what car I should buy. Don't compare it to whatever security's going to buy because it's a whole different deal. Right, and I'm not security. I'm a 50 year old dad trying to get through the day, but that's it for my day because it's 12:26 in my world, which means I'm out of here. I love you. I appreciate you listening wherever you found me, whether that be on Spotify and or Apple Podcast. Um, I'm going to go get back to dadhood, figuring out how to get a leak out of my pool and find a car. So the next time we talk or you listen. My world might be a little bit better than it is right now. In the meantime, take care of each other out there. Be well, respect each other, accept each other. That's always a good start and be good humans. We'll hear you next time.